welcome to episode 177 of the Truth Quest podcast, the truth about November 2021. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as what the heck is going on in Australia regarding COVID, stagflation, let's go Brandon, the January 6th incident at the Capitol, or the supremacy of federal law comes up, please share the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on a host of platforms including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, BitChute, Brighteon, Rumble, and Instagram, where I post a short highlight of each show at instagram.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Whatever platform you may be listening to this on, please take a moment and give it a five-star rating, hit the like button, or leave a positive review. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through online advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Besides COVID, which people are slowly growing weary of, the biggest story of the month was the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse. The now 18-year-old who went to Kenosha, Wisconsin to help protect private property that was being vandalized and burned by a bunch of BLM Antifa types back in August 2020. This was following the shooting of Jacob Blake by police while he repeatedly ignored their orders and then reached into his car for a knife. Kyle shot three people, all of whom attacked him, killing two, all of whom were career criminals, convicted sexual predators, and or violent Marxists and anarchists. He was charged with five felonies, including first-degree intentional homicide, first-degree reckless homicide, and first-degree attempted intentional homicide. I want to be clear. This is the biggest non-story in the history of non-stories. The only reason it was a story is because the alphabet soup conspiracy media and the National Democrats, I know, I repeat myself, made it out to be about race, since the people who were rioting were there supposedly to protest the Blake shooting. It was quite a stretch, I might add, given the fact that Kyle is white, as were the three people he shot. One prosecution witness after another bolstered Kyle's case of self-defense. Even the dude whose arm was nearly blown off by Kyle agreed that he was only shot once he pulled a gun on Rittenhouse. This was a clear case of prosecutorial misconduct. The evidence was overwhelmingly in the favor of the defendant. At one point, the prosecution called into question Rittenhouse's Miranda right to remain silent, insinuating to the jury that that indicates guilt. The judge almost declared a mistrial right then and there. Instead, he decided to publicly admonish the prosecutor in front of the cameras. I hope the Wisconsin bar takes that dude's license. Then the judge dismissed the weapons charges against Rittenhouse since those charges were obviously bullshit. The usual online censorship ensued during the trial where Facebook blocked any results when you searched for Kyle Rittenhouse. Then YouTube blocked dozens of live streams of the defense closing arguments, but not the prosecution, of course. Do these people really think they can keep the truth from getting out? BLM and Antifa types congregated around the courthouse as the jury deliberated, using bullhorns to threaten them. They threatened to burn down the city. They lodged death threats at everyone involved, from the prosecution, the defense, to Rittenhouse himself. Oh, and the judge and his family. Thankfully, Rittenhouse was found innocent on all charges. 
After his acquittal, the snowflakes at Arizona State University, where Rittenhouse is enrolled, pressured the administration to force him out of school. It's all very civilized, don't you think? The next chapter in Kyle Rittenhouse's story will be his libel suit against multiple members of the Alphabet Soup conspiracy media and several prominent Democrat politicians, including President Biden. My prediction? His take from the settlements with MSNBC, CNN, et al., will make Covington Catholic's Nick Sandman's $250 million settlement with CNN look like chump change. Speaking of Wisconsin and violence, I want to file this story under silence is violence. Daryl Brooks, a self-professed racist black supremacist, drove his truck through a Wakosha, Wisconsin Christmas parade, massacring six people at last count and injuring dozens more, mostly children and older women. Why I am filing this under silence is violence is because that is a favorite refrain from the Alphabet Soup conspiracy media about things like systemic racism and other pet peeves of theirs. If you don't speak up and out about these things, then you may as well be perpetrating the offense. So this same media has been damn near silent on this racist maniac who targeted white people for death during his vehicular massacre. The dude was charged earlier in the month with running over a woman with his car, his ex-wife or baby mama, I can't recall. Although he later posted $1,000 bond. $1,000 for hitting someone with a car. How sick is that? What's up with the Wakosha DA? Other court records show Brooks has a lengthy criminal history dating back to 1999, including several felony gun charges and reckless endangerment charges in July of 2020. He's also a registered sex offender in the state of Nevada following a 2006 felony conviction. In other words, this dude shouldn't be walking the streets of any state. But you would be unaware of all of those facts if you get your news from the hack Alphabet Soup conspiracy media. Speaking of silence is violence, the trial of Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein's right-hand woman, started as the month ended. Almost three years after Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide while in jail in Manhattan under a suicide watch. Nothing to see here, folks. He, of course, was arrested on a variety of charges, including child sex trafficking. Maxwell, who would help him find, groom, and abuse young girls, had her trial kick off. As of month end, there was not much to report, but as I compiled this episode in early December, I'm already gathering info regarding the trial for next month's Month in Review episode. And the corporate press is doing their level best to ignore this story because it looks like it will implicate a number of prominent Democrats. Again, nothing to see here. On the COVID front, throughout the month, we retreated to a couple dozen world-class athletes collapsing while playing their respective sports. Mostly soccer players, but I saw a famous cricket player in India as well. All of them with heart problems. World-class athletes with heart problems. Hmm. All of them were vaccinated for COVID. But don't worry, folks. There's nothing to see here. Don't believe your eyes. As discussed in episode 174, The Truth About the Democrats' Vaccine Mandate, OSHA, Occupational Safety and Health Administration, finally published their requirements that 84 million private sector workers must get vaccinated against COVID-19 or be subjected to testing requirements or be fired. 
Now remember, when King Biden made his decree back in September, he shuffled to the podium, made his proclamation, and immediately retreated to the safe confines of the White House basement and episodes of Matlock, and I'm assuming some of Jill's pudding. It took the feds another few months to get their shit together and figure out how they were going to shove this down the throat of the American people like they did Obamacare. As you can imagine, the normals, people who value liberty and freedom and private property, including their own body, don't take too kindly to the Democrats' unprecedented power grab. An avalanche of lawsuits ensued, as did a number of, shall we say, unorganized work protests and general unrest among the vaccine-resistant. For example, we had a massive number of flight delays with airlines that decided it was a good idea to enforce the immoral, unconstitutional, and illegal vaccine mandates among their employees. Workers just took PTO en masse. On the 1st of November, about 9,000 New York City workers, including firefighters and police officers, were placed on unpaid leave for not complying with the communist mayor Bill de Blasio's COVID-19 vaccine mandate, leading to exactly what you would expect more crime, and more danger to the citizens of New York City. Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker, a Republican, said during the month that a few hundred state workers faced suspension over not complying with the state's COVID-19 vaccine mandate. As the month progressed, more and more courts and judges were granting injunctions and halting the mandate. On the 6th of November, a federal appeals court squashed the mandate, citing grave statutory and constitutional issues. Then a federal judge temporarily blocked an Illinois hospital system from putting workers with religious exemptions on unpaid leave. Then a federal judge based in Missouri blocked the federal government from mandating COVID-19 vaccines for healthcare workers in Missouri and nine other states. On the last day of the month, a judge halted the mandate for federal contractors. Then OSHA announced it had suspended the implementation and enforcement of the mandate. But see, you have to understand how the left works. They don't care that their ideas get squashed in the end because they already did the damage they wanted. Think about Russia collusion. It's a proven hoax. But who gives a shit because Trump's gone. Mission accomplished. Same thing here. We have authoritarians who want to impose their will on the rubes of society. About half of them went along and got the vaccine originally, but the other half, those sons of bitches who won't do as they're told, they must pay a price. So let's force their employers to harass them and make life difficult for them. Maybe some of them will lose their jobs, even better. These people are sick and twisted. A new study found that the effectiveness of the three COVID-19 vaccines available in the United States declines over time, with protection against infection falling under 50% for two of them after six months. Get ready for your boosters, plural, Speak now or forever roll up your sleeve, as they say. As if on cue, the FDA authorized boosters of the Moderna and Pfizer COVID-19 vaccines for all Americans 18 and older. You know, because we have so many 18 to 30-year-olds dying from COVID. you got to get a vaccine against something that doesn't hurt you. We've also got news during the month that the most vaccinated places on Earth are having a record number of COVID cases. Think the country of Gibraltar, or check out the stats for the state of Vermont. We had a number of stories about fraudulent vaccine trials. Alleged problems with a major clinical trial examining Pfizer's vaccine are being probed. A whistleblower came forward from Pfizer, and yet again, the alphabet soup conspiracy media 
completely ignore what should have been a front page story. Silence is violence. According to this whistleblower who worked on Pfizer's phase 3 COVID jab trials in the fall of 2020, data was falsified. Patients were unblinded. The company hired poorly trained people to administer the injections and follow up on reported side effects lagged way behind. Hmm, let's be clear. This could be proof of fraud, which breaks the veil of immunity granted to the drug companies for deaths and adverse effects from the vaccines. I have a feeling we will be hearing a lot about this in the coming years. The trial lawyers will have a field day over this. Pfizer better set aside some of those billions in revenue they are stockpiling for future litigation awards. But again, nothing to see here. Move along. Shut your mouth. Don't believe your eyes. Get this. The FDA asked a federal judge during the month to give it until the year 2076 to fully release the documents in its possession tied to the approval of the Pfizer vaccine. The FDA's request was made in a filing as part of a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit by a medical transparency group. The government told the court it has over 300,000 pages of documents responsive to the FOIA request and proposed releasing 500 pages per month to allow for redactions of exempt material. At this rate, the FDA would fully release the records in question in just under 55 years. According to newly released internal emails, the CDC altered the definition of vaccine during the month of November. Change the definition? What the hell are you talking about? How do you change the definition of a word? That's an excellent series of questions. Because of concern that the definition didn't apply to COVID-19 vaccines, that's why. This is what the left does. They just change the definition of words when they start getting into trouble. Like, they change the definition of marriage. The definition of a mother. They change the definition of gender, of gain of function. Inflation. Now vaccine. It never ends with these people because they can't win an argument on its merits. Therefore, they simply change the definition of words. So you ask, how do they change it? Well, before 2015, they defined a vaccine as injection of a killed or weakened infectious organism in order to prevent the disease. Between 2015 and 2021, the definition of a vaccine was a product that stimulates a person's immune system to produce immunity to a specific disease. However, in September, they changed the definition of a vaccine to the act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce protection from a particular disease. Did you catch the difference there? Before 2015, vaccines were to prevent the disease. Then for the next six years, for whatever reason, it was to produce immunity. We went from preventing the disease to producing immunity, and now it's just to produce some protection. These people are incorrigible. Another piece of COVID news was that of natural immunity. That's just another of the silences violence type of stories. During the month, via another FOIA request, we found out that the CDC does not collect data on the spreading of the virus by unvaccinated individuals with natural immunity. You don't think that has anything to do with the fact that if it's true, the whole vaccine mandate house of cards would tumble, as would the fear porn agenda? I'm going to read to you an excerpt from the state of Louisiana et al. versus Xavier Bressario et al., 
This is a recent vaccine mandate case where the judge granted a national injunction against the Democrats' mandate. This is the section of the case about natural immunity. The evidence the defendant relied upon in rejecting that alternative, that being natural immunity, is not provided. Citing studies from Qatar, which tracked over 900,000 individuals for six months after COVID-19 vaccination, California, which tracked the infection rates of over 5 million patients vaccinated with the two Pfizer doses, and another study of U.S. veterans, which tracked 620,000 vaccinated U.S. veterans, plaintiff states assert these studies overwhelmingly conclude that natural immunity provides equivalent or greater protection against severe infection than immunity generated by COVID-19 vaccines. Do you understand what happened there? The government didn't even provide any evidence for their lack of willingness to consider natural immunity, whereby the plaintiffs provided, what, over 7 million people studied for it? The Pfizer CEO says people who criticize or question the vaccine are criminals. Yep, that's right. Anyone who follows the science around the experimental nature of the vaccine or its waning efficacy or the adverse reactions to it or the deaths attributed to it or the reporting about crimes committed during Pfizer's vaccine trials, as I just mentioned, all those people are guilty of thought crimes, according to the Pfizer CEO. A guy who has the federal government forcing people to use his product with revenue forecasts of over $30 billion dollars. Dissent must be silenced. Remember how devastating COVID was in Italy? We were told the reason was they were an older population. We were told it was because they tend to have larger families that live together and thus spread the virus. Turns out that was all a lie. They overcounted COVID deaths by some 95%. The COVID death count fell from 130,000 to just under 4,000. Question. How many other countries will trickle out their revised death numbers in the coming months and years? And in the final COVID-related story, Green Bay Packers quarterback and future first ballot Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers was this month's Joe Rogan. You may recall that Rogan announced last month that he contracted COVID but beat it with monoclonal antibodies, ivermectin, pregnizone, vitamin C, D, and zinc, among a few other things. Well, he was demonized for the better part of two weeks by the Alphabet Soup conspiracy media because he remains unvaxxed and he dared to live from his COVID infection. You know, because it kills the get the vax or else narrative when people resist and live to tell about it. So Rogers tested positive during the month and all hell broke loose. Come to find out, Rogers skirted the NFL's vaccination rule by saying he was immunized. From what I can gather from his public statements, he declared himself immunized, not vaccinated, because he was taking ivermectin prophylactically along with C, D, and zinc. He claimed that he has an allergy that precludes him from taking the Pfizer vax. He was scheduled to take the J&J vax a few days after it was originally recalled during the late spring and summer, so he just took his health in his own hands. By month end, the controversy had died down to nothing but as a social experiment, the whole episode was very enlightening. Moving on from COVID news, it was a bloodbath at the ballot box for Democrats during the month. Most impressive was the loss of the Virginia governor's race by longtime, well-connected former DNC chairman and Clinton confidant and political hack former Governor Terry McAuliffe to the Republican candidate Glenn Youngkin. 
In the Democrat Republic of New Jersey, the governor's race was narrowly won by the incumbent Democrat, and some former truck driver beat the top dog Democrat in the state Senate. He spent less than $1,000 on his campaign and beat one of the most powerful politicians in the state. Oh, remember all those brain-dead Democrat city council members in Minneapolis calling for the defunding of the police in the wake of the Derek Chauvin-George Floyd incident? Well, the electorate defeated a ballot measure to actually do that, to defund the police. Turns out people who live in the city like having police around. During the month of November, we learned that roads, bridges, and overpasses can be racist. This according to Biden's transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg. I encourage you to look it up if you don't believe me. The level of idiocy by leaders in the Democratic Party at the national level continues to amaze me. This guy in particular, he was the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. His claim to fame during that tenure was his inability to fill potholes. So much so that Domino's Pizza ran an ad campaign to fill potholes in his town as a way to sell more pizzas. Then the dude just runs for president. Then the dude takes two months of paternity leave because he and his husband adopted, I believe, two children. Typically, paternity leave is used so the husband can care for the baby and the mom for a week or two since the mother had just gone through a rather arduous medical event and may require some time to recover. But that's not the point of bringing this up. The dude is the Transportation Secretary of the United States of America, which is going through the worst supply chain crisis in history, and this dude takes a vacation. Check out episode 170, The Truth About the Supply Chain Disruptions, if you're interested in that topic. We received confirmation during the month of November that the whole Russia collusion incident was indeed a lie and a hoax, perpetrated by four FBI directors, one president, one former secretary of state, and one former vice president, current president. But you know what? It doesn't matter because we have a dual justice system in America, one for well-connected Democrats and one for everyone else. And the four-year, 24-7 coverage of Trump and Russia collusion accomplished what the left wanted to accomplish, slander and slur Trump. Speaking of the dual justice system, the homes of current Project Veritas journalists and former Project Veritas journalists were raided by the FBI. Within an hour of one of the raids, the New York Times contacted the journalists asking for comment. Weird, huh? See, FBI raids are not supposed to be broadcast events. And Project Veritas, they just happen to be currently in the middle of a libel lawsuit against the New York Times. Oh, and Project Veritas just so happened to have a copy of Joe Biden's daughter's diary. Apparently, that diary has some not-so-pleasant things about Joe in there, including alleged incidents of inappropriate showers. Let that sink in for a minute. This is the same dude who has been a pathological liar for the better part of 40 years. He enjoys sniffing the heads of women and children. He proudly proclaimed that his pathetic excuse for a human being, son, Hunter, is the smartest guy he knows. And now we have disgusting allegations about him and his daughter. And the media is silent. More silence is violence perpetrated against the American people by the press. Headlines screamed about inflation throughout the month. Consumer price inflation accelerates to fastest rate in 31 years. Food prices across the world have risen to their highest levels in decades. What have we been told by Fed Chairman Jerome Powell and every other member of the Biden administration like Yellen, Biden himself, Jen Psaki, and the Alphabet Soup conspiracy media that dutifully parrots every Democrat talking point? 
Inflation is transitory. It's transitory. Nothing to see here. It's transitory. Remember that word over and over and over again. Until late in the month when Powell unceremoniously dismissed the transitory moniker. This is how the left plays the game. Making up a talking point, repeat it often, and once it has served its purpose, dismiss it. In this case, the purpose was to give Congress cover to vote for more spending. You must understand something. The National Democrats and the Alphabet Soup conspiracy media are all liars. It's not an exaggeration to say that if their mouths are moving, they are lying. That's a universal truth. What's the Biden administration's answer to this no longer transitory inflation? More cowbell, of course. As I asked on Facebook, how does printing more money or injecting more dollars into the economy, more cowbell for you old school SNL fans, how does printing more money and injecting it into the economy fix inflation, which by definition is the expansion of the money supply? Former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers, a longtime Democrat, warned during a CNN interview during the month that unless the Fed makes a significant change to policy or an accident delivers a major disruptive blow to the economy, it's quite unlikely the rate of inflation will fall back to the central bank's 2% target in the foreseeable future. There goes that transitory inflation. Later in the month, when speaking in London, he explained that we will continue to have stagflation, which was the subject of episode 175, due to the unprecedented levels of money printing. In case you're curious, the real president of the United States is West Virginia Democrat Senator Joe Manchin. The reason I call Manchin the real president of the United States is because he's the only thing standing in the way of Biden and the Democrats bankrupting and destroying the country. He and Democrat Senator of Arizona, Kirsten Sinema, both of whom seem to be preventing the destruction of the country by their party. Continuing on the inflation front, the idiot-in-chief Biden ordered 50 million barrels of oil released from the nation's strategic petroleum reserve to help cool surging energy costs and ease pain at the pump. Keep two things in mind, though. Number one, 50 million barrels is about three days' worth of consumption in the country. Number two, just one year ago, the United States was a net exporter of oil. We were energy independent, meaning gasoline was cheap because we refined it right here in the States rather than Biden's preference to import it. And not to mention all the regulations imposed on the oil industry for drilling on federal land and the shutting down of the Keystone XL pipeline. What other proof do you need that he is purposely implementing policies that damage the country and its citizens economically? As if all of that wasn't enough, we have Biden and the National Democrats demonstrating yet again that they are purposely trying to destroy the country economically by passing in the House a destructive so-called $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill, better known as Build Back Bankrupt. We already have out-of-control inflation. We know it's not transitory. And what do the Democrats do? Print more money. What mental illness are these people suffering from? Are they psychotic? Are, are they evil? I mean, really, that's a, that's a legitimate question that I'd like an answer to. I want to pause here and rant for just one second. Infrastructure spending is unconstitutional. The federal government is not granted the power nor the responsibility to, to spend money on roads other than postal roads, bridges, light rail, etc., etc., and yet hacks from both parties constantly harp on infrastructure spending. Make no mistake, it comes down to nothing more than congressmen bringing home the bacon. 
It's sick and it's disgusting and it's aiding and abetting the destruction of the economy. And the final story from the month, California retailers were introduced to a new phenomenon during the month, organized mobs of shoplifters where dozens of people walk into a retailer and clean the place out. See, here's the deal in these jurisdictions where the district attorneys were elected with the help of George Soros. They publicly announced that they will not press charges against shoplifters. So what do you think might happen at that point? Come on, you can figure it out. I guess the electorate in these cities where this bullshit is going on deserve what they voted for. And that is the truth about November 2021. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. 